Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to Biz Women Rock. This is the podcast for very highly ambitious women entrepreneurs who want to build meaningful and intentional businesses. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. I'm so happy that you're here. Today's episode is a really, really important one and one conversation I'm really excited to have because it is rare that we actually talk about the intersection of our love relationships and business. And guess what? Both of them take up so much time and energy in our lives. And so it's a very worthwhile conversation. And I couldn't be happier to bring on Amber Holly to talk to you about it today. Amber Holly is a licensed couples therapist who has run her group practice, Fremont Counseling Services, for years now. She also has an online company called Couples Fix, where she supports ambitious couples who want to thrive in their relationships and their work. I'm bringing Amber on because she is someone I consider the leading authority on how to manage the ever-evolving and ever-changing place where business and romantic relationships live. And like I said, it's not a conversation that we talk about very much, how our relationship with our spouse affects our business and how our business affects our relationship with our spouse. Because we need money to live, Amber states, we see work as a necessity and our relationships as a luxury. And that can lead to many problems. So today, Amber and I are discussing what the number one problem is that women entrepreneurs face with their spouse, the unique experiences that you may have if you are the entrepreneur and your spouse is not, the very different things you might experience if both you and your spouse are entrepreneurs. We talk about how creating the monthly money meeting can be instrumental in giving clarity and support to one another and what exactly you should be talking about during those meetings. And we talk about common issues entrepreneurs may face with their spouses, including varying levels of risk tolerance, money management, and time management, and how to face each one of them proactively. Ultimately, Amber shares a foundational concept that showing up and communicating with one another about our desires, our needs, our expectations, our dreams is ultimately the most powerful way to ensure that we thrive in both our relationships and our businesses. Amber is a wealth of information, and I highly recommend you go check out more about what she can do for you in your relationship at amberholly.com. Now, let's get into this conversation with Amber. All right, Amber, let's start with the heart of this whole issue. You have been working with high-achieving couples for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've seen so many couples come through your doors. I would love to know in your experience, what is the number one biggest challenge that... In our scenario, we're really talking about business women, women entrepreneurs have in their relationships and in their intimate relationships with their spouses. Where those two things intersect, what is the biggest challenge that they have? I think ultimately, what I see is that when there's like one person or two, two entrepreneurs, but at least one entrepreneur, I see a lot of disconnection. And I think that comes from different places, but ultimately, it's kind of like, they're just not making the time and the space for the relationship because there's all these other competing priorities. Yes. So I think disconnection is a huge piece. And there is a lot that goes into that, which I know we are going to talk about. But yeah. uh, that's the thing where it's people either feel like roommates and some people are good roommates 
And some people are bad roommates. <laughs> so, so that's like the very, you know, there's like that spectrum of intensity there. Yes. And so good roommates, it's like they're, they feel so drawn by like their schedules and, and if they have children in their lives and all the other priorities. And so they're, they're just talking about logistical stuff. They're not really connecting emotionally. It's not usually a ton of conflict, but they're not connecting. There's also not intimacy. Mm-hmm. And then the bad roommates are the ones that are yelling at each other. <laughs> You're yelling at each other all the time. And every little comment is a fight. You know? I'm not saying that because that's what I have right now. <laughs> I think, and, and let's just say, sometimes you can go through periods of being bad roommates yes. and then good, t- good roommates. And then, you know, it can, it can go back and forth. But I think sometimes people get so far in that disconnection. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they start to feel either hopeless or like maybe, maybe we're not meant to be together. Maybe we're not compatible. And really, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It means that you need to work on the connection. You know, it's so interesting to me because one of the things that I have experienced in my marriage specifically alongside running and growing a business is that both of them take an immense amount of personal work and consciousness to show up to. And you can't take your foot off the gas pedal at all on either of them. And so I would imagine for a lot of the couples that you're seeing, that feels really overwhelming because it's like at any given time, like one can't be on autopilot. Like you always have to be showing up responsibly and proactively and consciously for your marriage, or I'm not even going to say just marriage, but like for your partnership, your intimate, whoever your romantic intimate partner is and who you've chosen to live your life with. And same goes with business. It can't run on autopilot. You always have to be showing up very consciously. And I would imagine that that disconnection that you talk about happens because it feels like a lot to show up that presently. Yes. And I don't think that's always realistic that you can, I don't think you can always have your foot on the gas pedal. I think that you have to be really thoughtful. And I agree. I think that's the thing. It's like people love each other and they care about their relationship, but they're like, well, how in the world, like most of us need to make money to live. And so there's a lot of real pressure there. It almost becomes like work is the necessity. Mm. And then the luxury is love. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Work is the necessity and the luxury is love. And the shit part about that is if you let love be the luxury, it's sort of like you give it time and attention when you can. Absolutely. And And that's the problem. Yes. No relationship can flourish when it gets that secondary thought of, of attention. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, like the seasons of entrepreneurship, sometimes by the time you're like, oh, now I have some space, your partner's like, screw you. They're so resentful. They feel abandoned. They feel ignored. You know, and I've seen this, whether it's a few months of this, or unfortunately, what I see a lot of is years of this, Mm -hmm. right? And by the time the other person has finally got a little bit of space or wants to, and then they feel like, look, I made time for you and now you're mad and you're rejecting me and we're having fights. I might as well stay at work. And so it's kind of this vicious cycle of that. The good news is there are things you can do that don't have to be like, well, just do all the things because that's not realistic. It's just not. It's a struggle. We are going to get into solutions. I love talking about solutions. I do want to make sure to identify all of the ways that that this can happen. So I want to actually talk about two different scenarios. One is the scenario of you are the entrepreneur and your spouse is not. 
because that's a very unique experience. And then the other experience I want to talk about is you and your spouse, you and your love partner are both entrepreneurs because that is a very unique experience. So start with either of those and, and maybe just give a description of typically what you have seen the experiences like. Okay, great. And I will say, you know, there's just to kind of put out there, and I think this is what kind of makes people feel down, not to be a downer, but we already know that marriage is a lot of work and people have typical marriage issues and and then there's unique situations. But when entrepreneurship is a factor, it really does create even a higher rate of divorce and or you know breaking up you know if they're partners and so it is a big deal i'm so glad that you're talking about it because i don't yeah. think we talk about that stuff and you know sometimes people don't realize like oh i actually could have done something different after the relationship has already ended so i think it's yeah. really good i'm going to start with the when you're the entrepreneur and your partner is not in many ways this can be an ideal scenario. Because with entrepreneurship, we know like there's ebbs and flows in business. That's just the way it is. And, you know, you can still be somebody... Typically, when an entrepreneur is somebody who's a little bit more comfortable with risk. Now, I've met plenty of entrepreneurs who (laughs) don't have a lot of tolerance for risk. And so, you know, there are probably certain industries (laughs) that probably support that a little bit better or the way that they're approaching their business and their mindset. There's a certain mindset there. But typically, most entrepreneurs are a little more comfortable with risk because you're funding everything. And this is directly impacting you as opposed to working from someone else where you have that stability. Yeah. I often see people choose partners who are a lot more risk adverse. Mm. And in a way, I think this is this can be good, but it also can create a ton of conflict if you don't really understand what does that mean in the relationship. So, so describe that because what I have seen just in you know clients that I've worked with in the past in this scenario is that they are a couple months, a couple years into building a business. It is either not yet sustainable. They're making money from it, but it can't necessarily... Or it's not funding their life yet. Or it is, and it's going gangbusters. And they have a partner at home that is basically taking care of the stabilizing of the finances. So that's a very, very typical situation. Absolutely. And I think especially for female entrepreneurs, because the statistic is that 88% of all female entrepreneurs do not gross. And so I mean gross revenue over 100,000. Because you think if gross revenue... Now, depending where you live, like you could have a very nice life. And it depends what your profit margins are and all of that. Like Obviously, all of that matters. But when you think about that, that's a lot of pressure. And that's a lot... That's probably not, like you said, completely funding the whole family. It could. It depends. I've been living in California for 22 years. So (laughs) that is like not a thing. Like you're like, I cannot live on that and support my whole family. So maybe I I have to remember there's, you know, lots of areas. And I think there's a reason for that statistic too, because I do think I meet so many female entrepreneurs who are also balancing, like they're still the primary parent. We got to understand where those numbers are coming from. Yeah. Um, But we also know about the pay discrepancy, right? So so when I talk about risk adverse, where I think it shows up the most is around money. And I think a lot of people know, you've seen enough memes or cartoons. The things that people (laughs) fight about in a relationship, in an intimate relationship are money, sex, 
parenting are kind of the top three and communication. Like those are the top four, I would say. And so money is a huge one. And so what I see is entrepreneurs can be a little more like, it doesn't mean it doesn't stress them out because like, I don't like to have debt. I don't like to, I want to make sure I have the money coming in and I feel that stress, but I'm willing to take that risk on and still be an entrepreneur. Because if I wasn't able to take that stress or say like, I'm just willing to deal with it, I would probably go work in corporate. Or work for someone else. But you could have a partner who's like, hey, this fluctuation in income or this uncertainty is really scary to me. And that can be overwhelming for them. And it can mean that it could show up that they look like they're penny pitching or complaining or being really cheap or, you know, it shows up in many ways or there's a lot of fighting about money because it just feels like there's never enough. Here's where I feel like it, like the scenario that happens a lot, which is uh, it's so multifaceted. But in this scenario that we're talking about, if the husband slash partner is the person sort of with a stable corporate income, them coming back to the woman entrepreneur and saying, no, we can't invest more money in this business till it starts making more money. That yeah. kind of a thing. And that's when it starts getting weird with like power struggles and all that sort of stuff. That is a really like, the Bermuda Triangle of crap going on right there with identity and money and wanting to follow my passion, but feeling like I haven't earned it because my business isn't earning the amount of money that let's say my spouse's business is earning or something like that. So that's that's like a scenario that I feel like comes up a lot. It does. And I actually know... I, I mean, I've seen that with many people. I'm thinking in particular about this one woman who to me was like the epitome of like an awesome entrepreneur. And her and her husband had a conversation and he was like, if you can't bring in, you know, and it wasn't just because he was being greedy. It was like real finances. He's like, if you can't contribute, we need to talk about you going back and getting a job. If you can't contribute at a level that's helping our family. So we're not feeling like we're living paycheck to paycheck. And so, you know, it's a big deal. And I, I think it goes both ways, but I really don't, hear women giving that kind of discussion to the male entrepreneur in the family. Right. And so that's something where I just see the more of the prevalence where that comes up, where it's like, okay, this is only viable if, you know, it's making there there's like a, a an amount. And sometimes that amount is never even discussed. It's just more of like, oh, this isn't good and you're not making enough. But they never actually sit down and discuss like, okay, what are you looking for? Mm. And that's actually one of my things where I'm like, you just need to be having those, they're uncomfortable, horrible conversations, but they can be so fruitful. And in that way, it's simple. I mean, it's not an easy thing, but it's simple. So let's talk about some of these solutions. So if you listening are in a relationship where you are the entrepreneur, you're growing your business, you are either, you know, starting up or getting it stable or and or flourishing and you have a partner who is not the entrepreneur and this difference of risk is getting you to experience a lot of yuck in your relationship or a lot of sticking points, what do you suggest? What can what can she do listening right now to be able to allow the relationship to really support her endeavors as a businesswoman? Yes. And I think the reason this is so important is when you do feel that you have the support of your partner, it really makes everything so much easier. It makes it even makes your business life easier because mm-hmm. you just know you have that support. And we all need that. I mean, that's this is why in mental health, we talk about support systems so much. We need to have that. We can't be an island, right? So I think number one is 
having those conversations around okay, let's say it is the money thing. It's the risk. And and I would say it's like one partner has a high need for stability and the other person, they don't feel as concerned by that, right? I happen to be in that relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> my, my, we, my husband, yeah. I think we all are in some way. I think there's always <laughs> one partner. Even if you're both entrepreneurs, there's one partner who really needs a little bit more stability versus the other one who... Yes, that type of stability. It is a very common dynamic. And again, like it can cause stress. Uh, although I will say the ones where I see them when neither of them have that high need for stability, trust me, that's a little bit of chaos right, going on right there. <laughs> Those might be the people who... Uh, I was thinking of a real housewife. But, but yeah, there's sometimes you, you almost kind of want it a little bit. When it's too far apart on the spectrum, that's sometimes it can be really rough. And yeah. so it, that's where having the conversations allows you guys to move closer to getting both of your needs met. That's the important piece. It's like, it can't just be about one person's needs. Mm -hmm. So if you have an anxious partner and you can't change your whole life and approach in the way you're operating solely to meet their needs, because then you're going to be miserable and then you'll be resentful. And like you're saying, you can't grow a business and not invest in it. And then at the same time, like you can't just disregard them because they're anxious or, you know, you feel like, oh, you're you're just bringing me down. So I would say you have the conversation. And I think I always suggest to my couples that every couple should have like a monthly money meeting. Some couples need to do it more frequently. But I think once a month feels manageable and not overwhelming. I think the first couple times you do it, it might take a little bit longer. It should never be over an hour. But as you get good at it, like I've known people who can just do a nice little summary in like 15 minutes. It's like a stable thing. But I think regardless, even if you don't... Not an entrepreneur, I think you should do this, but especially... So coming together and having that discussion just to talk about your money. Most people do not have a budget. It is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have a personal budget. They don't have a business budget. Like it's a big, big deal. So people have no idea. When you have no idea about your numbers, it is very anxiety provoking. Yeah. And that's just going to create that person who has a need for stability to feel like, oh my gosh, we're like, we're in the wild west out here. Like what is happening? Yeah. And so it's just going to cause so much more stress. So you need to have the budget. And then you talk about, okay, what would make you feel comfortable? And so I'll just use my myself and my husband as an example. Um, because like I said, he's the guy who retired with a pension. And in this day and age, like who does that anymore? Yeah, right. <laughs> so that just shows you how much his need for stability is there. <laughs> so we had a discussion, you know, because he would feel very stressed out about money or debt or like what things are being spent on. And so it was like, okay, how much money do you need in savings to feel secure? Mm. Like sometimes there's a number people have. Sometimes it's not, right? But that's where the discussion. But usually I find like people have a number is like, I would feel a little more settled if I had this. Yeah. And so, you know, like at one time it was one number, and sometimes that changes depending on your commitments or whatever's going on. So he had a number and he's like, okay, this is how much I need to feel like there's a safety net for us, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was beyond that, like, okay, what is going on in the business? So this is one I actually missed. And it wasn't until I think this last year, and I've been a business owner for eight years, almost nine. And it wasn't until this last year that I realized early on, we were having lots of conflict around money when I started my business. And we even went to couples counseling because I think it's important. And having that third mediator person. And I remember me saying, because he is somebody like he can't even handle when I would be dreaming. And it would be like, Oh my gosh, one day. And he (laughs) felt one day was me saying, I need this now. 
Mm. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm a dreamer. Like I dream every day about all kinds of things, you know? So we needed to even talk about that to understand that wasn't me saying, I'm only going to be happy if I have this right now. So what we did is we realized, I said, you can't be involved in my business finances because I need to have my freedom to do what I need to do because you don't know about my business. And so... Can I just get a hallelujah for that statement right there? (laughs) I'm on the other end of of this video that we're on right now, like giving the high fives over here. Oh my... Please. I really need to highlight that. That is so important because... And it, it doesn't always need to be the case, but I think there's so much power in saying, I run my business... I need to have full management of my finances and I need to have a free and clear mind in order to manage it appropriately. And therefore, I can't have you looking at it because sometimes even lovingly, they're going to have an opinion of it or they're going to get stressed and not want it to affect you, but it does affect you. And I had to do this exact thing in the early years of building Biz Women Rock. Um, I, I have a husband who is an entrepreneur. So he would have very opinionated ideas of what I should be doing with money yes. that was coming in. And I had to like incubate myself for a, quite a while and say like, no, you were, we're not talking business for a little while. Like we're just not going to. I love that you said that. I think that's such a powerful move if it needs to be done. Yeah. And I think more often than we think it does. And I'm not saying keep them in the dark totally. So I know people are probably going to... They're going to be people up in arms like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you'd say that. But uh, what I see with female entrepreneurs is this idea that they're having to ask permission all the time. And I don't think that's empowering you as a business owner and CEO of your business. No. And so... That was a discussion we had, and he agreed to it. And it wasn't like he was like, you know, upset. It was a discussion, and we talked about it and why and what are the benefits. But then there was criteria of I had to bring home half the income. It wasn't just this free for all, although sometimes it was. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that later, a different day. (laughs) Uh, But it's about saying, okay, I can't have you be a decision maker. That is very different than saying, I'm going to keep you in the loop or talk to you about major things. It's about how you have those discussions, right? We had to have that. We had to have that discussion. And I had to know his numbers, like what made him feel comfortable and and go through that. What I realized though, is we had decided for his stress levels, because he would get so overwhelmed. And then every little thing we would do, he would be kind of grumpy like when we were doing it. And I was like, this is no good. Like you need to not know because then you can enjoy yourself. Yeah. Because <laughs> he gets so stressed by it. But what happened is then he became so far removed from the financial piece anyway. He's somebody I feel is a great like sounding board and I would talk to him about things. And he was he really learned... I mean, we've been together 22 years. He learned early on giving advice unless it's requested is not helpful. Like that's probably the number one thing I teach people. Like if they ask for advice or you can say, do you want some feedback on that? <laughs> but you don't just give the advice. Like that's right. probably the number one couple's tip. So he would know about my business and I would talk about stuff and I would talk about wins or like struggles or challenges you know, that were going on either with employees or whatever. And so he was a great support. And so he's always been that. But then I recently realized when we were talking about moving across the country, which we just did, it was like, I said something and he was like, well, I, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea what you're like, what you make a month or like with the business or whatever. And I was like, and I think maybe what you're saying is like, at first we had to almost have like yeah. total darkness, but then we never came back to it to realize yeah. like, 
hey, there's no reason to not be like, oh, hey, look at this. And then so I started just showing them, you know, like my simple tracking stuff of like, oh, here's like my monthly income and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not... I mean, and obviously he can see our tax returns, but I'm not going to literally go like, here's my category that I spent on education and courses because that is my... That is my free for all. <laughs> that is my free for all. I love it. Um, and then have to explain it. Like that's not yes. happening. Yes. At the same token, even though this has always been our understanding, I still check in with him, not for permission, but because I respect him and he's my partner. Mm. And when I'm doing things, it impacts our family. Yes. So when I was thinking about like, oh, I want to do this, what Melissa, my business partner, one of my businesses and I were like, we want to do this conference spree. And I was like, oh, but when I leave, he's taking care of three young children. And so I had a discussion with him and I talked about, okay, see, here's the benefits. Here's the ROI I'm seeing. This is what I want to do. And I just want to know your thoughts. That's the key wording there. (laughs) Not that, you know, do you think I can do it? It was, I just want to know your thoughts. And he was really supportive. And I even felt like, oh, I feel guilty. I feel bad. Like, oh, that's a long time. And he's like, don't worry about it. You do you. you. And you know, we're in a role now where he is the primary parent. But he was very supportive of that. And mm-hmm. so that just made me feel even more confident in being able to know that I can go do my thing. And there's not going to be any resentment in our relationship. I love that. All of those things are just such great case studies for all of these scenarios that we're talking about. And I, I want to circle back to, you know, you're really talking about like just having the conversations and coming up with real numbers so that you know, you know, what things need to look like. And so early on in Biz Women Rock, it was a fairly new business. I want to say it was like my first year in business, actually making money from the business. And I, in in my relationship, okay, two entrepreneurs, I need more stability than my husband does, mm-hmm. uh, more financial stability. And so I was the person, and I'm the CFO of our, of our household. So I would come to him and say, okay, like I need to figure out what's coming on. And the conversation that we had was, okay, over the next six months, because you know mine was not a stable business at that time. So it was right. very much like, okay, I'm in growth mode. The conversation was, okay, what can each of us contribute in month one, in month two, in month three, four months from now, six months from now, eight months from now. And then every single month we would just check in. And it was like our commitment. And it it helped kind of light a fire under me to be like, Hey, I committed that I was going to contribute X amount of dollars to my household, you know, by this month, I really need to get going on that. And it was an agreed upon thing that we both knew and were conscious of. And so both of us as entrepreneurs could go make our business systems do what we needed to do to take care of the household and it was agreed upon. That was a really powerful move that we still that we still do every single month. I think that is so great. And that's exactly it. It's like when you name it and you have concrete numbers, it makes such a difference. Yeah. And I think the other piece to that is if you're not meeting those numbers for whatever reason, because things happen, yeah. you need to have a discussion with each other. Because I've also seen that where it's like the you know business started tanking and there's a lot, of, a lot of stress happening. They never had the discussion with their partner who was continuing to spend as if they were still in the high tide. Mm. and But their partner had no idea. And so you have to include them. And so that was something... Like last year, I had some employees turnover in a very non-typical amount because of different like life circumstances. And so I was like, Oh, gosh. So then immediately, I was like, Okay, here's the deal. Like We really need to be thoughtful. We need to kind of like batten the hatches and you know, be careful with our spending. And because this is what's going on. And even though we kind of joke, we laugh because... 
my husband does not spend. So, <laughs> but I'm almost saying it to him for my own personal accountability because I need, I will immediately, like I, I manage the household expenses. I will go through the, my Excel spreadsheet yep. and I have all the numbers. And then like, I, I go away and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I feel like lunch. <laughs> like, it's just, so I'm, I do it almost for accountability, but also so that he knows too. So it's like, oh, that wouldn't be the time to invest in whatever thing if you know something was breaking or you wanted to do it that that wouldn't be the time for us to take a luxury vacation so i think you need to just be coming back and having that conversation and that's where i've seen a lot of stress in relationships is that the entrepreneur they're operating in their own little vacuum probably because of the fights around money so it's like let's not even talk about it right and then it was there was like a free-for-all and they never had a discussion. So their partner had no clue what was going on. They didn't know if business was good, business was bad. Mm. They didn't know anything. And then there's so much uncertainty there. And that's very stressful. Like, oh, can we spend money? Oh, today we can. But next week, it's like, oh, you went to Target and spent 50 bucks and they're upset with their partner. But then they go and spend you know, a few grand on something else. And it's just yeah. like, it doesn't make sense. And so that's why it's not about that they have to get into the minutia and they're not making decisions, but they need to be on the same page as far as what are the numbers? Are we meeting our numbers? That's part of that meeting, right? Yep. Uh, or like, you know, like, hey... I thought this contract was going to come in and it hasn't happened and it's probably going to be like three more weeks. So what can we do? Like, okay, so this, these are the things we have to cut or are we okay running a balance on the credit card this month? Or, you know, whatever the thing is, it's a discussion. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think the most important thing is being able to have that discussion in a non-defensive way, which is not easy. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> it does. And when it comes to money, especially, I think there's so much shame that comes up for people of like, I'm not a good entrepreneur because I'm, you know, like I'm having this really down month or I'm in the red. And I think that's the thing of like, people feel questions about who they are as opposed to being questioned about the numbers that are coming. And so that's what's so hard about entrepreneurship because just because you own a business doesn't mean it's going to be successful. And it doesn't mean that it's profitable, especially not right away. Right? So I want to get into the other parts outside of money that mm-hmm. impact a relationship. But before we do, I, I want to make sure just to tie this ribbon around this. Most of everything we talked about can really be applied to whether you're in a relationship with somebody who is an entrepreneur or not. Like if there are two entrepreneurs yeah. or if there's one, is there anything specific or special about the relationships that are two entrepreneurs that we haven't discussed? I think what I noticed there, it's not always about money, although sometimes it is. Sometimes a person will have unrealistic expectations of, hey, I have this established business or I have this certain industry that is more, you know, like easier, more lucrative or whatever. And they think like, okay, we should each be putting in 50-50. And that's where, again, I think the conversation needs to be like, okay, but are we is one person still expected to run the household and be the primary parent and run a business? So then does 50-50 make sense? Is that realistic? Yes. And so I think I've seen that come up uh, quite a few times with people when when it's two business owners. Or the... I see it more, I, and you know, I hate saying stereotypes, but it's, but it's true. I see more with men questioning like, well, but I know what good business is. And so why are you doing this? Mm. Why are you doing X, Y, Z? And, and I think wanting that, to be like the advisor, basically. The advisor, exactly. Yes. And it's yes. like, 
no, because you know, oh <laughs> again, God. only if they ask for your feedback and input. That is <laughs> cool, people. Like that's the one thing you talk about. Like, do you want feedback? That's the question if they feel this need. Mm. And and I'm not talking about if you're seeing like a spiral and you know, it's been a year and there's no profit. And not only that, they're investing in very expensive programs. That's a discussion, like, hey, we're <laughs> You know, is there a way to get stability here before you do invest in this thing? Like, it's not about not talking about that stuff, but it's yeah. about like, you don't have to, you know, give your opinion. Cause I see it more with um, people who aren't entrepreneurs, but I imagine the same thing is true. Cause I see a lot of male entrepreneurs who would probably never invest $3,000 a month to work with a coach. Mm. And so they might never be on board with that. And that's fine, but that's in your business. Yeah. That's not her business. And mm-hmm. so that might be something that actually creates, you know, tenfolds. And that's again where you can see variance in risk and understanding what's valuable. We have different values of what's valuable. Yes. And that I see across the board with people and, and entrepreneurs in particular. That's so good. I, I you know the common theme is to just make regular communication and very authentic communication with your spouse a regular thing so that you can know what's going on financially. You can discuss you know, responsibilities. You can discuss the ins and outs of what you need to in your business, the kind of support you need, the kind of support you don't need, all of those things on a regular basis. And just you know, constantly showing up and having those conversations. Yeah, it's a so. big part of it because when you're not in the dark, it lowers your anxiety and then you and you feel included. I wouldn't want to be with somebody where I didn't feel like I had any clue about what's going on in their life because work is a huge piece of everyone's life. Yes. You know, oh. so it just it's such an important thing and I think that's about respecting each other as partners. Like we are equals in this in the sense that we both deserve to understand that doesn't mean we have equal say in the other person's business. Yes. But we need to be able to understand what's going on, the bigger picture, at least. So the couples that really thrive, no matter where they lie, whether they're two entrepreneurs or whether it's a... I'm saying female entrepreneur because that's who's listening to the show. You know, female entrepreneur with her corporate working husband. The couples who thrive, in addition to this regular communication... Why are they thriving? What are they doing right? So I think... So that regular communication around money is important. But I think they are also having regular communication around other things. The other big piece that I see with entrepreneurial couples... um, And to me, that means whether one or both... uh, Is time management stuff. And that's the Mm -hmm. priority thing. Of feeling like a priority. And that's where, again, communication is key. So... When I said earlier, I don't think it's realistic to have your gas pedal on both. There's this thing I I don't want to go into it because it'll take time, but like the four burner theory. It's this great theory about there's four burners. One is work, one is health, uh, one is family and friends, and one is... Love and relationship? Because it can't... Love and relationship. Something like you can't... Like you need to always have three, right? Something like that. So realistically, they say if you want to be successful, you have to turn off a burner. And then if you want to be really successful, you need to turn off two. And so to understand that and understand, like be realistic about things you're committing to and other things you're committing to. What I'd see is people like, I want to be really involved with my kid's school and I want to do all these things and that's great. But they're in growth mode or scale mode with their business. Well, then 
what about the relationship, you know? Yeah. And, and again, it's not saying choose between your kids or your partner. It's not that it's about saying like, okay, do I, let me turn it up here, turn it down here. How do I negotiate that? Now, if you're in kind of like a steady stable mode, you could have three burners on, but if you're saying like, okay, this is the year I hit a million and I do this and, or whatever, whatever your goals are, like, you've just got to be realistic about that. The key is to have that conversation. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people in Silicon Valley with startups. And so it's like, okay, having the talk about, okay, the next year, maybe it's two months, maybe it's a year, maybe it's a launch. Hey, the next month I am in launch mode. I am going to be much less available. And just, I need you to know that and, and have that discussion. How can you guys still make small time for each other so that you can't just like completely ignore the person. Right. How can you still connect to them in that limited way for that period of time, whatever yes. it is, that makes them still feel important? But they're also compromising and saying like, of course, I would rather spend you know every evening with you, but I'm willing to be understanding around that because I understand like the, the bigger picture. It's not always going to be like this. Yes. But my experience is for some people, it just never ends. It just goes on and on and on. And they never had those discussions. And so the person just feels like, oh, I'm just here running your life. You're not really paying attention. And so that's where little things like love languages come in. And you know, just being able to make sure you're showing up and letting your partner know you love them in ways that feel manageable given what's going on in that period of time in your life. Yes. Uh, and to just really say this, like that is ever evolving. Those seasons are ever changing, right? I I just had a a solo episode not too long ago about this, about how, you know, ever since I've had Savannah, she's, she's almost nine months old now, how we manage and show up for each other. My husband and I are very different. You know, when we were in a nice established cadence with one kid, you know, it was like two or three date nights a week for, you know, four or five hours each time. Not so much good quality time. It was great. And now it's like, these little, you know, once or twice a week, little brother can come over for a little two hour snippets to be with the oldest or to be at home with the kids while we go on a walk. Mm-hmm. Like I'm calling them little bite sized moments. And it's like, we have to readjust. Like, no, we're not going to go on a week long vacation with each other right now. That's just not our season, right? So, how are we getting little bite sized moments of making sure to invest our time and energy into one another to make sure we're, we know who the other person is so that we're not being roommates? <laughs> Exactly. And I, especially after having children, that first year, I think is such a transition period where that baby just requires so much, right? And I think if you are intentional and thoughtful about it, one hour can be very healing and connecting. It's really about how it's done. And I've even talked to people around where they feel so much pressure and they're so stressed out and because you know a lot of entrepreneurs are dealing with other stuff like burnout or overwhelm or depression or anxiety you know there's all life happens there's all yeah. then there's you know extended family stuff and health problems with parents and you know there's all kinds of things but i think even having those conversations like this check in i do like touch point check ins mm. and we talk to clients about that you can sit down and have just like a 10 minute touch point connection with each other and if you do it and you feel your partner is like looking at their watch and like, I just did a visual that no one will ever see. So that was super... I am such a good thank podcaster. You for, thank you for inserting the audio on that one. I'm looking at my watch. You know? <laughs> yes, I'm looking at my watch. You know, I'm, you can feel when somebody's like ready to move on to the next thing or they're distracted. Yeah. And if you can really be conscious about, okay, let me just sit here. 
I think we don't realize sometimes if we can just be present, a lot of conversations, it could be a 10, 15, 20 minute conversation and it feels so connecting. But if you're feeling like you're a burden to somebody, that's not going to go over well, right? So it's sometimes even how you're showing up, not even the length of time. But then there are times where you're like, okay, saying, hey, I just want you to know I have to do this, this, and this before I go to bed tonight. Because then they understand. It's If you're just never telling them and you're just always like a blur running past them, it feels awful. It just feels like I don't matter. That's how people feel. I hear it all the time. I don't feel like I matter. It's just the intentionality. And that's where I think having those discussions and having... And making that time you know, and the same goes for kids. Like it's the thing of, we're all so busy. There's so much and there's all this demand. And yet there are times where you're like, I am so exhausted and I still have to do this thing. But I've said no to my kid playing Monopoly for the last six times he requested it. Of course, probably four of them were in one day, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, okay, I'm going to do it now. Like I, I'm tired, but I'm going to choose this. And so sometimes you do that with your partner too, right? You don't want to do things that will lead you to feel resentful. So you're not going to agree to something when you're like, oh, I just don't want to do this. But like, you know, I'm feeling tired, but I do, I do want to do it. I'm just really worn out, but I'm going to try to show up in this time because I can see my partner needs that. Yes. Uh, I feel like this can be a three-hour discussion about all the little intricacies (laughs) because it's true. Like, you know, um, I, you know, I want to, in the space of running your own business, there's this whole thing of like how... How do you have your partner see the importance and the love of what you're really doing? I'm thinking specifically about the situations of people, women who are going to conferences. We're going to all these conferences and our spouses aren't really a part of it. So like, how do we share that with them? Like, How do they see value in that? How do, how do we make sure that we are not... How are we making sure to take our relationship along for the ride that is this business entrepreneurship journey, right? And yeah. vice versa. How are we making sure that we're taking our business along for the ride that is our, our relationship journey? So there's so much more to discuss here. But what I'm hearing and really what I want to conclude with is this is a conversation worth continuing to have. If you love your spouse, which you do, no matter how much you might be cursing at them in your head right now, or, you know, and you love your business. Those two things are two major parts of your life that intersect so intimately. Mm -hmm. And the best way to make sure that they are both getting the time and attention to allow each of them to be fulfilled and to allow you to be fulfilled by each of those are to show up and at least just be in communication, be in communication about expectations, desires, uh, logistics, all of those things, but just show up and be in communication. That's really kind of the major takeaway I'm getting from here is like show up and talk about it, create time, quality time, talk about it. So I love, love, love this discussion. So um, if you want to find out more about this topic and keep diving into it, I highly recommend that you go follow and stalk Amber on social I love the stocking. Um, And she does have a business and a podcast called Couples Fix. So I would highly recommend you go listen to some of the episodes over there. Really, really good stuff geared at the very ambitious and highly productive couples and very common issues that you go through as very ambitious couples. So definitely go check that podcast out. I'll have the link in the show notes for it. 
Um, Amber, this has been such a great conversation. Is there anything that we have not discussed that you feel like needs to be discussed? If there's anyone going through some challenges right now with their spouse as it relates to their business, is there any advice that you would give as parting words? Mm, I agree with you. This is so hard. I could talk all day about this. I mean, obviously I do kind of (laughs) with my clients, but I guess if I'm going to add one other little thing is those discussions. I think what also really helps people, and you kind of touched on this, but we didn't say it is, you're having discussions, but you're also co-creating goals. That's goals for your family, goals for your business, and letting your partner in on that when it's the business goals to understand like, what is the goal with this? And how will that impact our family? And what is the dream for our family? And how do we support each other so that we can achieve that together? Because then you feel like you're in it together. You're on the same team. And I think that's the important piece. And that's a big piece of connection is feeling like, hey, we're on the same team here. And so that discussion is important because it's helping to facilitate connection. Because I do think at the core of it, connection is a huge piece. And I think part of that, I would say, is collaborating on goals. Mm, I love that. So important. Amber, thank you so much. Again, if you want to be continued to this conversation, definitely go follow Amber again. I will put all those links in the show notes, but thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here and talking about such an important topic. Thank you. Thank you. 